Oh, there you are, Peter. Hey there, watchers. Today's episode is going to be a little different. Jeremy's wife is pregnant with her first child, and he needed to take today off to help her out. So this episode is going to feature some special guest hosts. Our sound producer, Jake, is filling in for Jeremy, and also my daughters, Ryan and Lily, are here to give their thoughts on today's movie. Speaking of, today's film is a 90s classic that has captured the hearts and imaginations of young and old alike, featuring the masterful directing of Steven Spielberg and a legendary performance by the late, great Robin Williams. So hang on to your marbles, all you lost boys and girls. It's time to fly to Neverland for 1991's adventure fantasy, Hook. Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast, the show where we discuss classic, cult, and modern classic movies. I'm your host, Jeremy. Oh, so weird. Hi, <laughs> I'm Jeremy. Jeremy's. <laughs> we we go. gotta make Jeremy. bloopers or something. I'm Jeremy. We're all Please? Jeremy. I'm your host, Josh Baruto, and here at The Watch, we try to review movies that are at least 10 years old and see what kind of impact they made or are still making on culture and the film industry. And just to give fair warning, we are heavy on spoilers here. We rate these movies in four categories. Number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released. Number two, how relevant is it today? Number three, our own personal enjoyment of this movie. And number four, is it a midnight watch? Well, that's uh, kind of a lot to go through by myself without my usual co-host. But I want to formally introduce our sound producer, Jake Colvin. Jake, welcome to the talking part of the show. What's going on, guys? Glad to be here. (laughs) Very awesome to have you here. And uh, yeah, normally you're behind the scenes and uh, making Jeremy and I sound amazing. So it's cool having you here yeah. up front it's, at the mic. It's, it's not that much, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Awesome. And then I want to also welcome my two lovely daughters, Ryan and Lily. Thank you, ladies, for being uh, on the show today. I'm super excited to have you here. Me too. <laughs> so, uh, Jake, do you have some uh, some facts to get us going with? Uh, yeah, I got a couple things. I mean, uh, so, I mean, I just want to make it straight right here that, uh, this movie is about fatherhood and about being a neglectful father. And, uh, that for me hits home being that I came from a lot of that. And then I also am a father now of a little boy. So, you know, these kinds of things that are going on in this movie are going through my head all the time of, you know, sure. how, what kind of dad I want to be. So laying that down, also, it's, it's just really cool that Steven Spielberg, you know, he was going through that exact process uh, before he directed this movie. And uh, you can really see it in the movie that he was, he really put that, that feeling of what he was going through directly in the movie. Yeah, I know he, uh, I guess earlier he'd want, he turned down, or he was going to do this movie earlier, like 10 years before, and then was, I think, about ready to have his first child and decided he didn't want to start in on a new movie and then miss right. out on raising right. his kid. So that was uh, that was definitely uh, something fresh in his mind going into this movie. And I'm, I'm sure because I think he, he'd been planning to do this since 1985. He knew that he wanted to do it. But I'm, I'm guessing maybe somewhere along the way he, he kind of... I don't know if other people were influencing him or, or what, but, you know, it was supposed to be, um, uh, oh, man, what kind of movie is that? A sing-along movie? 
Oh, uh, a musical. It's supposed to be, supposed <laughs> to be a music. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be right. a musical. Uh, it's supposed to be yeah. a musical. And, was... and I think that's why Mm-mm. the original pick or the one that the person that wanted to be a part of it was Michael Jackson. And <gasps> I think had Is it gone... Right, right. Had it gone like the musical route, then maybe Michael Jackson might have fit the bill. But I think maybe Spielberg was really panning over the whole fatherhood thing and wanted that conflict of, you know, a man questioning himself and, 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 and rediscovering his, his child inner child uh, was more of the, the, the vibe he wanted to take on it. So by having Robin Williams in the role, you know, you really get more of that, that you know, internal battle of, you know, someone finding their inner child and then dealing with their demons uh, that, or that they've created or, or, you know, had going on throughout becoming an adult and dealing with adult stuff. Yeah, he's totally. good at being yeah. a kid, so. <laughs> right. We, we all knew who, that Robin Williams is good at that part. So, and then right. you see him do the kind of the bad guy role uh, in the beginning of the, of the show uh, or the movie and, uh, and kind of being the bad father. It's just like, man, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It was brutal yeah, <laughs> to it was see rough. that. <laughs> uh, so, like you said, it was directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, the screenplay was James Hart, Malia Scotch, uh, Marmo. I think that's what it was. And then um, also, I think I'm missing a name, but I think Carrie Fisher was also an uncredited writer in this movie. Yeah. I think she was supposed, to, or I think she, she was brought on to help with Tinkerbell's right, dialogue. right, yep, yep. That name sounds familiar, Carrie Fisher. Uh, that is Princess Leia. There, there's a few Star there's a few Star Wars things going on in this movie, right? Uh, and then as far as the the huh? Did Steven no, Spielberg? Who was it? No, John George. Williams scored the movie, and he uh, right. he also did the scoring for Star Wars. Yep, and he did so, Harry Potter. Yeah. And oh yeah, he's my guy. You get all that. <laughs> you get all that pretty big orchestral vibes with some horns ringing in the back here and there. Oh yeah, there's so much of that, especially in the beginning of the movie. Like he, when it was just really tearing it up throughout that first thirty minutes. Yeah, that man's a legend. He yeah. is uh, one of the best uh, film composers, I think, of all time. Maybe the goat. I, I might. I, I might I, stake I, my I, my name yeah, on that. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. He's <laughs> he's he's the goat for sure. The goat. Right. And then uh, obviously starring Robin Williams as Peter Pan, uh, Dustin Hoffman as Captain Hook. Uh, let's see. We have uh, who's a couple other ones on here. Bob Hoskins. He was really great, man. I think he, yeah. he will forever be the Smee. best me that that there was. He's I mean, amazing. He, he did really good in that movie. Which sad, sadly, he... Uh, he died the same year that Robin Williams did. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. And then uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is uh, obviously she's a big name now. Back then she was just a kid. She plays young Wendy when Pepper Peter comes back. <laughs> what? Is that Pepper Potts? Yep, Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. From Iron Man. And then, and then, of course, the lovely Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell. So that's some of the big the big names. Oh, and then Rufio, uh, played by Dante Bosco. And don't forget Granny Wendy's McGonagall from Harry Potter. Oh, Bob yeah. S. That's a huge one. Yeah, don't Maggie Smith. Her. Daddy. Maggie yep. Smith, yep. I know. That's uh, That was a big one. So, yeah, the budget the budget for this film was $70 million, and the box office worldwide total was $300.9 million. So 
Not surprised. Did all right. Though, at the same time, it got really mixed reviews. Like, the, the critics weren't that happy with it. Why? Which was, yeah. It was, it kind of scored haters. right in the middle, if not a little bit less. Haters. But, yeah. So, it's, uh, we'll get, we'll come back. We'll circle back around to that when we talk about the movie a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> so, why don't we, uh, why don't we jump into the synopsis in case there's uh, any listeners out there who have no idea what the, the movie's about. I kind of feel like you'd have to be living under a rock to not know what this movie is, but <laughs> yeah. no judgment, no judgment here on the Midnight Watch podcast. Judgment. All right, Lily, you want to help us out with the first part, and then Ryan, you can take the, the second half? Ahem, yes. Here we go. Oh, and, and as always, brought to you by Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Successful San Francisco corporate lawyer Peter Banning is unaware that his workaholic lifestyle is straining his relationship with his wife Moria and their children Jack and Maggie, even though he loves them dearly. As the family prepares to fly to London to visit Moria's grandmother, Wendy Darling, Peter is distracted at the office and misses Jack's baseball game. In London, Peter, Moria, and Wendy attend a charity dinner in Wendy's honor, leaving Wendy's old friend Tootles and her housekeeper Lisa to watch over the children. When the group return, they find the house vandalized, the children missing, and a ransom note written by Captain James Hook. Peter involves the authorities, but Wendy insists that only he can save Jack and Maggie, claiming that Peter is really Peter Pan. Peter sadly refuses to believe this, and while drinking in the nursery, he encounters Tinkerbell, who uses her pixie dust to bring him to Neverland. Tinkerbell drops Peter into Hook's pirate haven, where Peter's discovered after seeing Hook displaying his children to his pirates. Surprised to see how weak Peter has become, Hook challenges him to fly and rescue the cho- his children, but then prepares to execute him when he fails to fly and reach his cho- the hands of his children. Tinkerbell persuades Hook to release Peter instead, promising to bring him back with all his skills for a climactic battle in three days. Peter is then taken to the Lost Boys, who have been led by Rufio, followed, <laughs> following Pan's absence. The boys mock Peter at first, but eventually recognize him and train Peter while encouraging him to use his imagination to restore some of his abilities, a much to Rufio's annoyance. Meanwhile, Mr. Smee suggests that Hook, to Hook that they... Sh- turn Peter's children against him. This tactic does not work on Maggie, but Jack is swayed due to his father's recent broken promises. Hook then has the pirates play a game of baseball, which Peter spies on while trying to steal his hook. Dismayed to see Jack take to Hook as his father figure, Peter forces himself to remember that he is actually Peter Pan and discovers Wendy's treehouse, where she and her brothers had stayed. Inside, Tinkerbell helps Peter recollect his lost memories of how she took him to Neverland as an infant and his adventures with the Darling children. He finally recalls that he frequently returned to see Wendy after the Darlings had returned to London until Wendy grew old. Peter then stayed behind after falling in love with their granddaughter Moira and subsequently lost all memory of Neverland before being adopted by the Banning family in America. Recalling the day of Jack's birth, Peter finally finds a strong, happy thought that restores his power to fly, bringing him back as Peter Pan. Rufio turns his sword over to him in reverence. 
the Lost Boys celebrate the return of Peter Pan, and that night, Tinkerbell professes her long-repressed love for Peter with a kiss, only for Peter to be reminded of his love for his family. Pan and the Lost Boys fight Hook and his pirates the next day, and while Peter rescues Maggie and the pirates surrender, Rufio engages Hook in a duel and is killed. With his dying breath, Rufio tells Peter he wishes he had a father like him, which causes the onlooking Jack to come to his senses. Jack reconciles with his father, and Peter duels Hook and defeats him, whereupon Hook is devoured by the taxidermied crocodile when it very briefly comes back to life. Tinkerbell takes Jack and Maggie back to London, and Peter appoints Thudbutt as his successor before leaving after them. Peter awakens in Kensington Gardens and sees someone resembling Mr. Smee sweeping up some empty bottles nearby. Tinkerbell appears and bids a tearful farewell to Peter before departing. Reuniting with his family at Wendy's house, Peter decides to change his life and devote more time to his family. Peter hands Toodles his lost bag of marbles, which Thudbutt had given to Peter earlier, whereupon Toodles joyfully sprinkles himself with the pixie dust inside and flies out the window. Peter tells Wendy that his adventures are not yet over, as he and his family watch Toodles fly off to Neverland. Very cool. Thank you, ladies, for that w one <laughs> wonderful job. I never realized that was his name. I, mean, I didn't I either. Guess I had no clue what it was talking about for a minute. I mean... I mean, I loved him because he's, like, the cutest. But, like, I never knew that was his name. Thud Butt. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, I don't butt. even... Did they ever say his name in the movie? I don't... I, I don't feel like think they, did. they do. I feel like they just made that up. It's like, insert name here. What about Thud Butt? I mean, it kind of makes sense where he, like, folds his legs up and is like, Cannonball! And just, like, starts rolling. Maybe that's that right. not Thudbutt. Thunderbutt. Well, it has kind of a 90s, uh, I don't know, like early yeah. 90s kid right. nickname. Definitely not 2000s uh, no. name for sure. <laughs> no, I don't think so. 2000s okay. like so this is what this is what Jeremy and I forget to do every time. But let's uh, let's all say what our the first time we saw this movie was. Lily, when was the first time you saw this movie? Or what was what was your first experience watching it? Um, I honestly don't remember, but I remember I've, um, I've always loved the movie and I just feel like I grew up watching it and mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite movies and it's got so many memorable quotes. So that was very hard to pick one to use at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. He is the most memorable. There we go. And there you are, Peter. Yeah. How about you, Rye? Um, I don't remember exactly when I watched it, but I think Mammy, because I used to borrow like VHSs from Mammy, and I think I right. picked that one. So I was like, oh, it's Robin Williams. I love him. So I took that home and I watched think it. I five-year-old self said, oh, it's Robin Williams. I love him. Well, I love Robin, Mill Robin Williams for a long time, so I wouldn't be surprised if my five-year-old self was like, oh. I know him. I like him. I think you were a little older than five when you started watching. Him. Yeah, it was. I was definitely older than five. And uh, Jake, how about your first experience with this movie? I mean, I don't totally remember the the first time, but uh, I do know that when I was younger and I watched it, I just remember uh, really love seeing that dynamic that Robin Williams plays once again, mm -hmm. where it's just like, man, this guy's 
like really lost in his business and his devices and whatnot. And then, you know, you find him discover his inner child again. Uh, I definitely connected that with my relationship with my father. And that was like a huge reason why I ended up loving that movie so much. So and even then, as a kid, that's, yeah, that remember, totally grabbed you? I remember feeling that, yeah, I remember feeling that being related to me for sure. And, oh, wow. uh, and just the adventureness of all of it after that, on top of that, just like the sets and everything. I just love yeah. that vibe. It was, uh, it was really cool. You know, all the props and stuff, the, the costume design. I just thought it was right. a really pretty movie too at the time. Yeah. Um, this time around, you know, the more and more I watch it, the more I, you know, start seeing little things here and there, but, uh, but I still love the movie. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, mine's, a. Uh, Similar to you guys, I was a kid when I first saw it. Um, I think I was 12 when this came out, or 11. And I didn't see it in theaters, but I know when it came out on VHS, I think I watched it at a friend's birthday party. And that was the first time I got to see it. But yeah, it blew me away. I remember thinking this was such a cool movie. Um, I don't know that I was super familiar with... I, mean, I guess I, I knew who Robin Williams was, but I don't know that I had seen a whole lot of his other movies at the time. Because... Uh, pretty conservative upbringing we didn't watch a whole lot of modern <laughs> was, movies was that one of the homeschool movies you were actually allowed to watch no no i wasn't allowed to watch it taxidermied crocodiles so. man eating people it's not, <laughs> it's not christian it's probably, it's probably too much too much bad language in it probably people getting oh, stabbed yes. too and no there's so violent but yeah. <laughs> that's why i got to i was at a friend's birthday party so you know i gotta uh, be polite gotta watch the movie <laughs> That being said, watching it this time around uh, towards the end with the battle and seeing the kids, you know, fling balls all over the ground and squirt, you know, paint at each at oh, the yeah. grown up men. I'm just like, I don't really think this is taking these guys out, but uh, they <laughs> seem slipping like they're slipping on bananas. Right. I just found it, you know, very, very peachy. Yeah, it was very, it's very uh, like old school Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. Like with slime and just crazy the, stuff happening the chicken yeah. egg launcher thing Definitely. Yes. Yeah. yeah that type of stuff but i totally i remember when it came out i remember there was um there was like a video game i remember there was all you know a whole huge toy line that came out Whoa, wait wait so i just remember for kids it was a pretty big deal what they had a video game yeah they had a video game on super nintendo and sega genesis can you push, still get that hard on probably on ebay <laughs> you can probably find an, an old version of it and then uh jeremy actually texted me his thoughts about the movie because he watched it also because we originally were gonna do nice. it together so this is what's interesting is jeremy didn't watch this movie until like this week he didn't see it when wow. he was a kid yeah he totally missed out on it which shocked me because i saw it as a kid and then i had you know you girls watch it as you were growing up and so it's just kind of been Poor a part Jeremy. of my life. <laughs> Poor Jeremy. <laughs> Poor Jeremy. <laughs> All right. Okay, get ready for this. Brace yourself. So Jeremy says, I tried to watch this movie years ago, but this was the first full time watching it. It was 20 minutes into the film before I was intrigued when the hook cut on the wall led up to the children's room. Definitely. But it was over an hour and a half before I started to enjoy the movie. He was very surprised. I know. Yep. Yep. Hang on. Hold on says, when you have Robin Williams, Steven Spielberg, and Peter Pan mixed together, it should have been a no-brainer of a blockbuster. But this is the first Robin Williams movie where I was legitimately bored almost the uh -uh. whole time. Uh-uh. <laughs> Hold on. 
I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Let's see. Uh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I... Wait, wait. Let's let him let him finish his what he was saying here. He says, honestly, this is a terrible movie and should have been rewritten majorly before shooting. So you want Michael Bye. Jackson to be He says, sorry guys, but the heart wants what the heart wants. Don't hurt me. <laughs> I'm glad he was very honest about it, and I can, yeah, I can totally. totally understand maybe, where he's maybe coming from. Maybe that's really too. why he's not here today. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> why. I don't even got time for this. He right. was ashamed that he was going to get torn down by his nieces. Well, I'm actually super excited because generally on you know on this show we tend to feel fairly close on how we feel you know how we like movies or dislike movies we're usually pretty pretty similar in our taste this is the first time where i feel very strongly one way and he feels very strongly the opposite way of so. all the cheesy movies y'all watch <laughs> this is the one that has the most disagreement I, of all I, the really <laughs> cheesy movies Okay. I don't know, guys. This is this is history. This is a Midnight Wait. Watch podcast first. Okay, 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 okay. So we're talking like people like Doctor Strange love fighting. Like people talking about we've got bigger guns than you. No, you don't. Never even shooting a shot. And you guys are like, oh yes, this is like the best movie ever. Like, yes. Mwah. And then <laughs> we're over here talking about an actual cultural masterpiece. Totally pulling this on my butt. But and then we're all, tell. like. Well, it, it didn't keep me interested. It's like, so the funny thing is going back to the reviews so when this came out in, uh, when did I say 91? So when this came out in 91, all the like top movie reviewers gave it a very mediocre, if not a poor review. Mediocre. Yeah. And even now on Rotten Tomatoes, um, which is where Fresh. they still, you guys know what that is, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Where'd my little thing go? Uh, even on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it rates at a 29%. So that's pretty low, that's which is surprising. Ridiculous. But, I'm not but good news. My face is like melting and like. I know. I'm sorry. Lily, Lily's face is like so much shock going on right now. You can't, you can't see it. Her but anyways, but the audience. Cracking my childhood. <laughs> audience score though, rates it at a 76%. So it definitely shows that it shows that even though the critics didn't care for it over time, it's still grown in popularity. But at the same time, we also got to look at it had a budget of 70. Make fun of movies because all they want to do. Nobody cares about what the critics think. Nobody cares what the critic says. But but remember, this movie had a budget, had a budget of 70 million. It made 300 million. So it did really, really well money wise. Obviously, a lot of people. A lot of people went and watched it, but the studio still kind of considered it a bust. Mm-mm. But that being said, it's it's got a huge cult following now. I mean, there's we're not the only four that really love this movie. I was really surprised that Jeremy didn't like it, but it's... so so get your get your picks, pitchforks ready because I'm going to kind of side with him here <laughs> just I've a little a bit. So, oh, all right. oh, I, oh, hold on! I gotta hear what you gotta say if, now. If it wasn't for the father-son dynamic, and I think Spielberg's feeling of what was going on with him, and how he kind of uh, put that into the movie, I can see how I definitely wouldn't have been into it at least this time around if I watched it for the first time. Uh, just because I felt like there wasn't a lot of character arcing as much as uh, I would I would like to see, at least nowadays with my mindset right. and how I view stuff. Like, I was thinking mo- a lot of the time while I was watching this movie, like, man, this would be really nice redone as a series. 
where we could yeah. get to see things pan out longer right. over really time. Flesh out the characters. Just, yeah, because, you know, it, uh, the whole montage of him becoming Peter Pan, you know, it was kind of slow in some ways, but then, like, as soon as he learned how to fly, it was like, boom, you're Pan. You know, yeah. it, it didn't, It you know, him learning how to sword fight didn't really take a lot, long time to, for to come around, and even watching the sword fighting scenes were very cringeworthy for me. Like right. they, they were lacking dramatically. And yeah, in, that's, in and that's one of the things the critics really, you know, ripped you apart. Could, and I you could see it, but it, it still kept it. It still kept it like it, it still made it like a fun movie. But yeah, but I mean, as an adult watching, I'm like, yeah, they could have really hashed this out a little bit better. But see, uh, so here's I totally the understand thing. that 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 point of view. But like it's, I said, the, the father son dynamic. Still makes me love that movie. I Nailed feel it, that right. the whole time. What do you got, Ryan? But then there's there's adults watching it. Mm -hmm. They're grown up, you know. And then there's kids watching it, where it's like, oh my god, not saying not saying in the world. Yeah, not saying that adults can't have a big imagination. But as a kid, when you're watching this, it seems like it's awesome having like a mm -hmm. child mindset watching that, like. I think yeah. there, that could be a difference too. Like, if the critics were children watching this, like, yeah, yes. that's a that's a fair point too. Yeah, I think it definitely works. Um, I do completely agree with Jake. If it wasn't like, well, let me start with as a kid watching this movie, it it definitely I probably the the absentee father part probably didn't quite stick with me as much as I was caught up in, um, you know, the color and the action and you know energy and whatnot which for the time was you know appropriate it wasn't that goofy obviously if that's how i watched it now as an adult i think i totally would have been with jeremy and been absolutely bored if it weren't like jake said for the strong uh father angle that's happening i mean that's that's the meat of this it, movie it so really as, a, as a father and as an well as an adult and as a father that is still just so you know, punches me in the gut every time I watch this. Right. Um, but yeah, you take that element out of it and it's, Boom. it's nothing. Yeah. yeah, it's nothing. So I totally think it is two things. And I think that's why when I was a kid, I loved it. You guys are younger and you, you love those other elements as well. And, uh, there you have it. So. I did notice though, when I watched it again, that I remember it seeming so awesome, like all the CGI and well, not not even necessarily CGI, but all the, I don't know what you call it, but watching Special it again, effects. yeah, watching it again, I was like, oh, it's really not that great. Like, it's really bad. Like, Peter Pan's probably <laughs> laying on a green table while he's flying, you know, like. Oh, yeah. but, well, you're you're right. It's actually there wasn't really a whole lot of CGI. It was a lot of like you said, there maybe a green screen, a lot of mm -hmm. actual. Most of that film was was shot in giant studios giant sound stages so it, it really was uh very old school in that regard yeah. and i love that vibe too like i love yeah. that vibe but now adult self also just kind of like see so much of that it's hard for me to even enjoy the story too sometimes mm -hmm. so i was like yeah, yeah you can get lost in the a lot of lack the of special effects or mm -hmm. for me i really enjoyed this movie because again i really like it um but i did have one question and this sure. is me just picking out like anything that like confused me. And so it's probably going to sound horrible because I'm horrible at explaining. But here we go. Give it your best shot. Um, so if Peter Pan got to Neverland as an infant, 
and you never grow up in Neverland. When he first meets Wendy, he's like a teenager. And so mm -hmm. it's like when he goes to see Wendy, he's not going to age like 15 years. This isn't Jack, wrong movie. Like how, how? How, how does he grow up from being a baby in Neverland? Yeah, mm -hmm. to become a teenager. My theory was that like you can grow up to a certain age and stop growing. Um, or maybe he just did that much traveling from Neverland to, uh, I don't know, reality, the real world. Right. He was doing I, a lot of window, a win, window opening or going through windows. And I'm but sure you're every saying time when he came through, he aged. But you're saying before the first time, Lily, from when he was a baby to when yeah. he first started leaving Neverland. Yeah, when he like came to see his like parents or something, and then he like, or he was like, he flew into a window, and then like Wendy was there. Right. So the first time he flew, he left Neverland to to see Wendy. Yeah, he magically becomes like a teenager. I guess like you don't want like a, a like a little baby flying around and like. Right. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good enough reason why maybe you, you grow to a certain point. Like the old, the, the epitome of childhood is probably in that 10 to whatever age of innocence, right right at the edge of the age of innocence, right right before becoming a full-blown teenager or a, yeah. you know, a teenager that's trying to be an adult. <laughs> yeah. Another, another thing was that I've, I, big person that loves reading books. And there's one book by Liz Braswell it's a twisted mm -hmm. tale where like the tales are like, you mm -hmm. know, a twisted, but, um, it was called straight on till morning. And it was, what if Wendy first went to Neverland with Captain Hook? And it's an amazing novel. novel. Mm -hmm. Um, and I read it, Sissy read it. Um, I just really think it really got into the nitty gritty of like, because it had a lot of things like I never thought of. Like it described in the book how like the pirates are like grown up children. Like they're like grown ups, but like they're children. Mm. Like in, because like in the movie, they were talking about like Hook was mad because he didn't get his war when um, right. Peter Pan first came. And so, you know, Tinkerbell's like, oh, let's take advantage of this. Um, but so yeah, I was talking about how like, they're playing with guns and like, it's how like, yeah. How so kids that, that would, was, would, adults as with the mentality of kids, how Yeah, you're how stealing my notes. I was going to say that, wait a minute. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. We, we talked about it beforehand. Uh, see, that's the thing. That's the secret with podcasts. When you know you're going to be on a show with other people, you can't tell other people what you're going to talk about because then, <laughs> then it's not fresh. Did you have something, Ryan? Um, I was just going to say that, too, that the pirates were acting like grown-up children with the mm -hmm. whole boo-boo box in the beginning where right. box, yeah. Captain Hook's like, ooh, you're the boo -boo one who box. doubted me. Put him in the boo-boo box. And then oh, he starts... boo-boo box. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts throwing, like, a temper tantrum and starts, like, sobbing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then they throw, they just stick him in the box and they're like throwing the scorpion. They're like, oh, boom. Right. And they're having like, acting like little kids. So, right. Well, they're legitimately torturing him. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy like, thing while they're about actually that. torturing him, they're like, you know, when little kids are playing together and one kid is doing something wrong, they kind of, we don't want to play with you anymore. Like, we're just going to stick you in a crate with some scorpions and like, yeah. Like Pretty. When 
pretty rough. Hardcore bully. Rage. Yeah, hardcore Stop bully. Me. What were you saying, Jake? Uh, so, fun fact about that scene, uh, even as a kid, I remember seeing that pirate he walked up to and just being like, man, something's different about this guy. Uh -huh. uh, it turns out that that pirate that they put in the booba box was Glenn Close wearing a bunch right. of makeup and a fake beard. I was like, what? No way. I know. Finding I that always, out was, that totally blew my mind. It, it Wait, made who? so much sense to me because I'd always thought that that pirate looked weird. I'm like, why does he look like, he just looks different. Some looks off. Right. I couldn't right. ever figure it out. So girls, Glenn Close was, if you remember the live action 101 Dalmatians, do you remember that movie? Barely, but yeah. Barely. Well, that Glenn Close plays Cruella Deville, if I remember correctly. Yep. Wait. Wait, a, a, a girl? Or? Yep, it's, it's a, a woman. It's a woman. Yeah. So that another pirate famous was actually actress. a girl? Yep. Mm -hmm. A woman was cross-dressing as a man, <laughs> being that pirate that got thrown in the boo-boo box who did that. <laughs> right. Whoa. I was going to say, because I noted, I always, growing up too, I was like, that one looks funny. They look funny. I Now right. that you mentioned that, I noticed they look weird. It was a woman. It was a woman. So do you remember, or Jake, you were going to say something else earlier about another Star Wars twist as far as the cameos go. Oh, uh, with Carrie Fisher um, in the kissing scene with uh, uh, George Lucas uh, after he gets, after Peter gets flown away. After he gets knocked out by Tinkerbell, who is, you know, kind of deviously, you know, has carrying him away, wrapped up in that blanket. And remember the, the, the dust, the dust <laughs> falls started, down started on the couple that's kissing. While they were kissing. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Well, when you rewatch the movie, as I know, we will. For that on the now. bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. On the bridge. Yeah. That's George Lucas, who was the director of Star Wars. Star Wars and yep. And Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher. And then another one too. Whoa, um, that's cool. The police inspector that shows up to take down the information about the crime of the kids being kidnapped. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You remember that part? So he is a famous musician named Phil Collins. Okay. Who sang the songs and wrote and sang the songs for the Tarzan movie, <gasps> the animated movie? You'll be in my heart and all that. So you guys You'll know. Be he my heart. Wow. That's hey, it. That's him. <laughs> so that, that was him. So cool. So many Easter eggies. There's I a know. lot. There's a bunch of them. There really is. A lot yeah. of people were doing stuff I around here, this movie. I just finished reading the Hunger Games series on the airlines. The airlines is Pan Am, which is the place, the hunger. The oh, in Hunger Games, that's the name of the country. Yeah, that's right. the name of the country, Pan Am. I was like, and, but at the yeah, same and they time, were, it's the Banning family like was flying Peter on. Pan. Yeah, it's like Pan, like Peter Pan. Well, but they were flying also... on Pan Am Airlines, is what they were flying on, which was a real airline company that, uh, sadly, also, <laughs> the year that Hook came out, that airline ceased to exist. I guess they went bankrupt and closed. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my parachute, Jack? <laughs> That was actually right. I, thought oh. the, I thought that was the daughter's best parts of the of the uh, of the whole movie was her showing the drawing that Jack did and then later uh, out of the kindness of her heart making a parachute for it's a yeah. hug. Peter. I made yeah. you a hug. She's so sweet. Yeah, I know. Which and I think I think I showed you you girls. I know Jake, you saw it too when we were talking about it the other day. But uh, that little girl like. She really grew up. <laughs> I was really yeah. surprised to see what she looked like now. I don't remember that. Oh, you don't remember? No. 
No, I don't. No, she's very beautiful. And then Almost Jack. Like a Barbie doll, like. I yeah, she's that. she's very good looking. And then Jack grew up and is daddy. Okay. Not so good looking. <laughs> He's a normal dude. Normal dude. A normal dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and I noticed something multiple times in the movie where like, you know how everybody kind of has that self-conscious little tick they do when they're stressed out or excited mm -hmm. or um, well, the thing that Peter does, even as an adult, is he stands and puts his hands on his hips with his legs spread like Peter Pan. Like he does it when he's scolding his kids or he's stressed out and he does the Peter Pan pose like... Just looking at something and then they like just, show it like him and like... Which I never noticed that nice watching catch. it until this last time and I was like, hey, he's doing the Peter Pan pose like... Right, subconsciously. Self-consciously, yeah. Showing us the viewer that he truly is Peter Pan, and he needs right. to, he needs to remember mm. exactly so many little details just put together, and One. then into a tapestry of the arts, <laughs> and the hook on the nursery window, like yeah. the the lock, the latch, on the, the door latch, or the yeah. window latch. Yeah, it looks like Captain Hook's hook. Dude, I love yeah. the mural. I, I love like the mural in there too. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, mural like was amazing. Uh-huh. I loved that mural. It's great, yeah, it was Wait, very mural? well well painted. Very well In the painted. nursery, remember the mural at like the top of the wall? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like the Captain details. Captain Hook in the rowboat. <laughs> and just the Peter Pan scenes. Like, who did that? I want it. Right. Like, or even in the movie. Even in the movie, Another Another little fun fact. When they're all in the, in the airliner flying to England... Mm -hmm. And the pilot, the, the captain comes on the, the speaker and he says, this is your captain speaking. That is is uh, Dustin Hoffman, who plays Captain Hook. That's his voice saying, this is your captain speaking. So Wait. you get that little play. Yeah. Oh, he's so the captain, like, captain Of the airliner. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. And he's again, also Captain we Hook. We only have 10 minutes left. I'm sorry. We only have 10 minutes left to finish the podcast. All right. Uh, do you guys have... Much else to say, or we can try um, to wrap this up. I don't. Um, I send my questions, send my quotes. Okay. Ryan, did you have anything? Um, a couple of things where I thought it was funny that when Granny Wendy's talking to Peter, trying to persuade him that that he is Cap, not Captain Hook, <laughs> that he is Peter <laughs> Pan. Right. Well, she does say, Peter, you've become a pirate because yeah. he's like grown up and grumpy and like. Right. But she says it in a little McGonagall way, Peter, you've become a pirate. <laughs> and then she also is like showing him illustrations of himself as a kid. She's like, oh, so handsome. She's like, I, and she like still obviously kind of has a crush on him, even though he's like a grown man and she's like this yucky. little old woman. Like she's old still. Old and yucky. Not old and yucky. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but All right. she's like caressing his face and it's like oh I remember and then he's like oh, Granny Wendy and she's like oh sorry dear and just kind of pats his cheek and is like that was a long time ago and right. I was like that was awkward but funny part of me wonders like because you never age in Wonder uh, Wonderland Heh, wrong movie um, in Neverland like when was he born like how long? I know like, well, somehow, he, like, the somehow he was like from the 21st century no from like well, that's the what they allude to century? in the movie was that he was born here in our world and then somehow was taken to Neverland as From a baby. T Tinkerbell. 
by Tinkerbell or Tinkerbell. she found him. I don't know. He's a he's a foundling, which is babies that just end up places, I guess. I don't know. Where'd you learn that? Any uh <laughs> any last thoughts, Jake? Yeah, my my the last thing I'd really say that, that stuck out with me to me the most or, or a lot uh, that kept resounding like a thing like it was a vibration that just kept happening throughout the movie it was uh the fact that he keeps running into women that are not his wife that you mm-hmm. know in ways try to seduce him and whether it was wendy or whether it was the three mermaid maids underwater that mm. kind of reminded right. me of sirens from a brother where out thou the yeah, totally. Song like I got I that vibe so hard. Nice. They were seducing like, him with, I, and I thought that too. I was like, yeah, you know, they're giving him some air. But then it's right. just like you see, like the way like it's going down. I was like, yeah, they're just like totally seducing him, and he's got to get out of here. <laughs> and then he is right. leaving. But Goodbye. but you just see it with other women throughout the movie too. That you know they they profess their love to him in some way or another. Whether it was you know talking about memories uh, of back in the day, uh, or or something, you know, and uh, he right. he he keeps going back to his family each time. So that was something that I really noticed this time through then I, that I never really paid attention to before. Very cool. Very cool. Well guys, uh, we're short on time here. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. We're going to go ahead and, uh, rate this movie on those four categories. So as far as the level of impact and success it had when it was released, uh, Jake, what would you, uh, what would you rate it based on what we know about the movie? Um, I put it about six and a half, seven. So we gave it a, give it a C plus kind of a rating. Yeah. C plus B minus okay. somewhere around there. I would agree considering how, uh, you know, the critics were kind of harsh on it. Um, so yeah, that's probably fair. How about you girls? What do you, what do you want to weigh in on that? Um, I mean, I would an A, but that's my personal enjoyment. So. Well, that well, that's personal enjoyment, right? But for when it came out, what do you think? It, how do you think it rated on an A through F scale? Oh, when it came out, like the first yeah. time. Um, yep. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I was born when it first came out. <laughs> I'll just stick with you guys because I think. Yeah, I'll stick with you guys. I, think, I wasn't there. I think you know what you're talking about. Oh wow! Thank well, you. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> and then, how do you feel like it does today? Definitely. Feel how like how, it's how relevant better. do you think it is today? Jake, what do you think? I think it's super Ooh. relevant as a story. I mean, like I said, you know, I've picked up on a lot of extra things as a as a man, as a grown man, and as a father uh, that I don't, I never would have noticed as a child. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, but as far as other than that, um, yeah, as as visuals and whatnot, I mean, I guess props and stuff are coming back now, so that's like a cool thing to have real sets and whatnot. But right, this practical was a, effects. This was a very Disneyland kind of set, so if it came out today like this, it might just be a little bit too basic for, for sure. people to really connect to. Um, so, you know, I, I can't say that it would really stand out that well. Right. Yeah, I think as a, I, I don't know, I guess as a modern cult classic, I would definitely give it, a, I'd say a B. Because I think it's, if I feel like most people that I talk to about it, other than Jeremy, I feel like most people have <laughs> pretty positive thoughts about it from when they were a kid and it was something they enjoyed and then they still at least have a nostalgic vibe for it, if Definitely. not the Definitely. relevance of the story hitting you as a parent. So I would, I would give it a B. How about you girls? I mean, again, my personal enjoyment for this movie is like... We'll get to that one. We'll get, we'll get to that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think... It's got definitely gotten more popular because 
most adults that I've talked to know what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. then, sadly, a lot of kids my age, when I bring it up, like, oh, hey, have you seen Hook? They have no clue what I'm talking about. Oh. Okay, and then she let's get to, to personal personal enjoyment. Here's the big one. Jake, what do you rate it? Personal oh, enjoyment. I'm probably going to give it an A just because, man, this is, I love this movie. You know, it's, sure. as simple as it keeps getting in many ways for me, I still love this movie. And I watched it, most of it with my son, and he sat oh, and cool. watched it. He watched oh, right the, on. most of the whole movie. So, you know, uh, he loved you it. You know that's good for a, <laughs> know, for a for three-year-old. A kid, to, if you can get a little kid to sit through the majority yeah. of a movie, you it know must be good. Even, yeah, even parts that I was thinking were, were going to be a struggle for him, he just kept, you know, the colors were really getting at him. And especially towards the end, all that chaos, that was fun. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes. All right, girls. Lily, personal enjoyment. Here's the rating we've been waiting for. Um, like, beyond A+. It's oh, my goodness. the best movie that I remember, I mean, we've like, we've seen it and be like, oh, it's like every time we're looking for something, like I've never been hooked out. I've always, like, sissy, I'm bolted out. But like, I've never been able to not enjoy it. To overwatch it. Gotcha, how about you, Ryan? watch it. I'd say an A too, it's it's really good. Because Robert Williams- A? Yeah, no, I give it it. I also give it an A. It definitely hits me in the feels uh, mm-hmm. nostalgically as a as a kid, and then also as a parent, uh, big time, a father in particular. All right, guys, the the big final question: Would you consider this a midnight watch? Yes or no? What does that mean? Would you, if this movie came on in the middle of the night and like in the middle of the movie, would you sit up and want to finish the movie, or if you knew it was coming on, would you want to watch this movie? Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent, yeah, I mean, and a, a yes for me too. I could see it coming on at work too, working late <laughs> right. at night, and it coming on and be like, oh yeah, this is cool. I'll right, that's this. one that's interesting at any point in every scene. Jump, is yeah, it, you can jump in at good. any scene and yeah. There you go. All right, guys, that's about it, and we're gonna wrap up today's episode with that. If you would like to check out this movie, uh, me and the girls own this one, uh, and Jake, I think you rented this on. It was on. You it didn't. was on. Uh, it was on Prime for me, but I don't. It was know on Amazon was through, Prime. Yeah, I don't know if that was through Showtime or not, but it, it was just playable for me. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and uh, check it out. It seems to be streaming on uh, either Prime or Showtime. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for helping me out with Jeremy taking the night off to be with his pregnant wife. So thank you so much. It's good to have you guys. We'll have to do this again sometime. Yes. And uh, I was waiting for you to <laughs> ask me. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. If anybody enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you shared it with your friends or anyone you would uh, like to share it with. Please hit that subscribe button. We'd love a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and just about everywhere else you can get your podcasts. Uh, Hit us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and you can email us at themidnightwatchpodcast at gmail.com. So thank you everyone for listening. Have a great week. And as always, keep up the watch. Love you, watchers.